How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sean and Matt Show. My name is Matt, and that is Sean, and welcome to our show, Sean. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about 10 horrifying design trends, how Class A apartments are now more expensive than pre-pandemic levels, mm. and Redfin CEO Glenn Kelman is skeptical about iBuyer growth. First of all, I have to say... Sean just put out a listing video <laughs> entitled Scream, a real estate parody. It will be listed and linked below. Go watch that video, then come back if you're watching on YouTube. It is fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Let's get into 10 horrifying design home trends. Sean, you got to be honest. All right. I haven't seen this, so yeah. Let me. me know if there's any that are in your house. You got to let me know. Okay. Right. So, number one. Mm -hmm. Sliding barn doors. Sean, you ever see mm. a brand new construction house? Nothing about it says farmhouse. You go into the primary suite, and there's just this $2,000 like wood barn door, and you're like, where did this even come from? Yeah, that's so funny that you say that, uh, because it was a big trend. It was a huge trend. We would see it everywhere. I mean, even Home Depot had barn doors. You could get them at Home Depot. Um, yeah, but I feel like it all of a sudden did fall off, and I think that it kind of does start to date you now. Um, I, I contemplated doing it at one point. Um, that actually looks pretty good. Big barn door guy. Big barn door. <laughs> but thankfully I have to admit, Matt, I do not have a barn door. Uh, let me call my wife to cancel that order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't, I do not have a barn door, but they can be tasteful sometimes. Um, but I feel like, yeah, they're, they're headed out. I remember there's a certain new construction development that we were a part of in 2015 oh, yeah. in North Arlington immaculate two three million dollar properties then you walk upstairs and there's this like flimsy barn door that it's like you you, you roll it and the yeah, whole house wakes that barn up. door wasn't that good there are some nice ones but yeah uh they just don't fit i like sometimes. pocket doors i like minimalist kind of honestly why doors. don't why aren't pocket doors more prevalent because doors are just so intrusive is it like a time. is it like a noise thing that people don't like pocket doors i don't think so i think maybe it's uh, well you know what it is it's hard to design hard to because design. it's got to go through the studs and next thing. To the studs but if people just started designing for that we would save so much room in our rooms right so much space Let's you ever see it. those like hallways where it's like two closet and a bathroom door yeah and they're all right number nine open kitchen shelving sean um again this is kind of like that farmhouse look what are your thoughts on open kitchen shelving i mean you have to be immaculate to do this uh i i've even you know we have one shelf that has a glass door and we never touch it because it's, you know, you can't put normal stuff in there because it's going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. So if you've got open shelving in your kitchen, you better be those meticulous people. Otherwise, it's totally not. One false move and everything is shattering. Oh, yeah. You're toast. Yeah. All right. Number eight, nautical motifs run amok. So I think this is just saying... Um, this is like an Instagram look if you just go all nautical and there's a picture with like uh, life um, like vests life and vest everything. And, yeah, and I, I can see this where this is more prevalent is beach houses. If you're at the beach, go that's, all out. That's what people do. You know that when people go to the beach, they want to feel like they're at the beach and they want all of that stuff. So I, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see it much in this area. Um, I did see it here and there in Lake Barcroft. Lake Barcroft would have like, you know, welcome to the beach <laughs> kind of stuff, beach you know, want to be beach stuff, but <laughs> it wasn't over the top usually. Um, so I think we're safe. Yeah. On that one doesn't, doesn't affect me. I, I, we don't have too many wannabes do, trying to do no, this No, I don't one. think so. And remember the guy that, uh, the story we did on the guy that built the boat? 
Yeah. The boathouse. Yeah. Like, that's a little over that's, the top That's there. a cool one. I like, I like that one. Number seven, all white interiors, white walls, furnishing, and rugs. You know, I was just watching um, on YouTube some American Psycho uh, clips yeah. just because it showed up on my suggested. And um, Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale, has like this all white interior yeah. that – he murders people in yeah white <laughs> um, with the red contrast yeah uh white interiors to me i mean that that screams ultra ultra modern that's what a lot of the ultra modern places do and it just screams ultra boring to me um i'm always the type of person that accents you know white accents you have to show a little bit of difference between the walls and the accents and yeah I'm yeah not it's basically just saying hey accent walls are making a comeback have a little more pop of color and again you can't have any kids or pets in all white interiors yeah you know? number six oversized desks um home offices have clearly taken center stage as the article from nar says but we're talking about those like 1990s weigh a million pounds type of desks that just take up the whole room funny um non non adjustable too funny that you say that because i actually did just get a big desk <laughs> big old desk <laughs> i did no, it i did it conveys with the house when you sell it in 30 i will years. not move it but it's it's a really cool desk so like you know let's hear i it. needed something for storage and everything else and you know i'm not the all right my problem is that i i buy furniture for looks a lot of times right but what looks don't get you sometimes is storage and like, you know what? I need to store. So I, you know, I have now like file things on the sides where I can keep all important papers, things like that, um, keys for places, all that stuff. So I did go the route. Maybe I uh, bought too soon. The picture is just a picture of Sean's house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Number five, painted arches. Um, again, this looks like an Instagram trend. I'm not really seeing a lot of painted arches, whether it's a brightly colored or pastel toned arch. These focal points help to highlight furniture or open shelving. Are you seeing any painted arches in your days? No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, we give this one them. a little skipperoony and head to number four, Tuscan Kitchen Designs. Mm. So think of those 2000s kind of Italian faux wannabe and maybe they have the wallpaper of like the grapes and the wine yeah um and then then they do have the arches and the columns i think if you're in a certain part of the country like maybe sedona or like southern california yeah. you might be able to get away with it anything else you're you, it's this is terrible yeah no i agree and you know actually that same development that we sold they were actually the french um provincial provincial so kind of i mean it's tuscan and french yeah. i mean it's a little different but kind of the same I would say the exterior was an the acquired it, it was an was acquired French, taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you drive by it and you're like what the heck and then you drive by it 10 more times and you're like okay, I kind of see yeah, what they're yeah. doing there. All right, number 3, minimalism. Okay, Sean, this is um this is right up my alley. Apparently, minimalism is a horrifying design trend. It says that an uncluttered, sparsely decorated home can feel sad because of the lack of personality. Don't look in my living room. That place is a little sad because there is nothing there. <laughs> he has like a beanbag if chair. If there and, is uh, a, a TV. <laughs> interior designer, a TV with no streaming service, if there is an interior, yeah, talk about minimalist. Yeah, <laughs> if there is an interior designer watching this, please DM me help because Matt out. I need your help. No, this is this actually. Um, so I moved last year from my minimalist, tried to be minimalist, uh, mid-century modern home, where a lot of those that furniture is minimalist style, and I was tired of it. And I'm like, you know what? I just want. I want a craftsman style home. I want to live. I want to have my furniture and color and, you know, a different style of living. And honestly, uh, it's just much more convenient. Um, 
And it's, it's hard to keep a house minimalist, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the photos show, I mean, clearly a psychopath lives here. Yeah, like, there's, there's nothing in this picture. All right, number two, acrylic furniture, tables, and dining chairs made of industrial plastics were popular in the 2010s, essentially vanishing into the room and making it look larger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a, another design trend that I, I don't really see too, too see often. Much. No. Yeah, I think swing and a miss um, with NAR. And then the final one, which I can honestly say I have never seen, is moss walls. You see any any moss on walls? I have seen this um, once or twice, and I can't remember where I was. It was actually really neat, but I think it was more in a hotel. I mean, I don't know why the heck you would want to do it in your own house. That would just probably stink and, you know— be a maintenance nightmare there's got to be a location where this writer is located where everyone's doing moss walls yeah i mean i could see like outside uh you know on your little deck or patio area with a moss wall that would be kind of different but i still wouldn't do it um sorry man never ran into moss walls (laughs) all right those are the 10 horrifying design trends clearly i i agree and disagree with some of them and some of them are like not applicable all right let's move on to the next one because i got i got a showing coming up i got to run yeah you do All right, let's do it. All right, um, next article, how the Class A apartment market has recovered in the D.C. region. This article comes to us from D.C. Urban Turf. And, Sean, the uh, basis of the article is comparing the rent recovery in Q3 of 2021, so think now, to March of 2021. Rent by percentage. South Arlington leads the way at 105%. So think the rent now compared to March of 2020 is 105% of what it was then. And essentially what the article states is that in a lot of regions across the D.C. area, the rent is now higher than when the pandemic started with um, largely due to the record high apartment absorption rates observed over the past year. So what we've been saying is, listen, if you can't buy right now, get into an apartment. There's a lot of good leasing deals happening. Those leasing deals are long gone. Yeah. So, Sean, what do you make of this whole article of rents in, in a couple jurisdictions? We'll go through some of the ones where yeah. they still haven't quite recovered, that they're now more expensive than pre-pandemic levels. It's very surprising, honestly. Um, but we we can see why South Arlington would be that way. It's because of Amazon, right? We've seen the Amazon tick. and But the, the key is they've built so many apartments in the area. So you would think that the absorption rate – I mean, it's gone up. It's it's clearly they knew what they were doing when they were building all these places. But I, I swear, just a few months ago, we were talking about how um, we couldn't rent anything. There was nobody renting condos and small spaces because uh, of the pandemic. Everybody was moving out. But now we're starting, I guess, to see that trend come back. And we have seen recently um, some competition in rentals, right? We've seen maybe more in the houses, but we've seen some rental properties uh have five, 10 applications and the rents go up. Um, so it, I guess it isn't surprising in that regard, but, um, after seeing how slow it was and how those prices had dropped maybe in, in July, August timeframe. And, and now that they're actually coming back is, it's good to see. So some yeah. of the, uh, areas where the rent hasn't quite recovered, Capitol Hill, riverfront, Southwest, upper Georgia Avenue, Falls Church, Bethesda, all around 92 to 96%. Then the ones where it's more expensive, Hyattsville College Park, North Bethesda, which is now a thing, also known as Rockville, yeah. Upper Northwest, and um, 
what's happening right now is a lot of apartments are being leased, but a lot of apartments are being built right now. So there's in the region, there's over 37,000 new apartments in the 36 month pipeline, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually 4,500 fewer than in the works a year ago. And whenever a new building is being developed or comes online or is even a blueprint of a rendering, people are always like, well, who's going to rent this? Are, are 400 people really you know, going to move to this area? It's like, yeah, look at the statistics. Read Urban Turf. More than 400 people want to live in the yeah. D.C. metro area. And they're paying big dollar. I they're mean, paying big, dollar. big dollars. You know, I was just looking at the, the Roslyn Boston quarter and the average rent was 2,600 bucks per month, right? That's correct. So, I mean, that is, um, it's a lot of money, you know, you have to make, you have to make a lot of money to live here, but, um, it's, it's good to see that they have actually come back because for a while there, uh, I saw it, I had clients trying to rent their places and they're like, we're just getting no traffic zero. And, you know, I used to have a rental that would rent every, every time I'd put it, I'd put it on Craigslist, it would go right away. But, um, glad I don't have that rental anymore for that. Yeah, the, uh, the most expensive average rent that they detailed, Upper Northwest, no surprise, is 2900 closely followed by uh, Penn Quarter, Logan Circle, DuPont. The uh, cheapest, most inexpensive rent, Hyattsville, College Park area at 1967 Crazy. Which would be the most expensive rent in a lot of other parts oh, yeah, of definitely. the nation. All right, let's move on to the third article. This comes to us from Inman.com. Redfin CEO Glenn Kelman is skeptical about iBuyer growth. This comes to us on the heels of Zillow's announcement that they have completely halted their Zillow offers iBuyer program in all 25 cities until at least 2022 after purchasing something like 3,800 homes last quarter. And essentially what the article details is Redfin surveyed 400 different agents on the MLS from all different double blind survey, all, all different um, brokerages. Um, and a lot of agents said that they were, I don't know if worried was the right word, but a lot of agents pontificated that I buyers would make up, you know, 10%, 20%, even up to 50% of the entire real estate market. And Glenn Kelman at Inman connect up in New York city was kind of pumping the brakes on that and saying, that i buyers probably won't hit that 10 percent, 20 percent, or 50 50 percent is just ridiculous because right now it's a, it's around one percent it's not going to hit that threshold but agents do need to be aware of the uh, um, growing trends that consumers may look to have disintermediation which is basically cutting out the middleman so essentially the i buyers aren't going to take over but the agents aren't going to be at the same level as well. So it's going to be some sort of hybrid between using apps, using iBuyers, not using agents as much as opposed to iBuyers completely engulfing agents. Sean, what are your thoughts on all of this that I've just thrown on you? Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is the iBuyers. I mean, what is the intent of the iBuyers? Is it is it mostly hold or is it mostly flip or is it, you know what I Flipper. mean? Flipper. Flipper. So, you know, the thing is the iBuyers have to have a buyer on the other side. And, you know, if you're paying too much for it right now in this competitive market, who's going to be buying it on the other side? And that's probably why they're seeing some losses in in the Zillow market um, with the, the Zillow iBuyer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, 
10% is a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, that would really, I think, disrupt the market too much in, in as far as a regular buyer goes. You know, they're, they're now no, no, no longer able to purchase because their competition is an iBuyer that has billions of dollars. You know, and they're willing to lose like we've seen. They're, they're willing to lose money. We, we aren't as a buyer. You don't really, unless you're buying and you're holding for the rest of your life, you're, you're going to pay what you want. But like, otherwise you're, you're not going to pay the extra dollars. And, but that iBuyer is willing to. And so why are they doing this? They're trying to take market share, right? And um, in taking that market share, they introduce new products. And so that new product might be, hey, well, you don't, since we own it, us iBuyer, we're also a real estate company. You can just go and show yourself that house. You don't need an agent. Um, and so that is a disruption to the actual agency relationship, right? So they can just, hey, throw in an offer easily without an agent. What you're missing there, and, and this is the thing that always comes back, is, is local expertise, right? And I think that's always going to be needed. And so I don't think it's going to completely go away. Um, there's always been disruptors in this market. We just have to find out how to get around those disruptors. Um, and that is really with expertise, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're Redfin, Zillow, Open Door. They're trying to go full iBuyer, right? They're trying to go all the way zero to a hundred, real quick. And what they're finding out is like, oh, we've all of a sudden lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Let's scale it back. How can we provide these cool services with, without the traditional brokerage model? And I think that's where Redfin is trying to find that middle ground of okay. There, I think Redfin is still trying to phase the agent out. I think that's that's what yeah. they're trying to do. But they're they're not go. They they are still ha they they do have the iBuyer program. But what I wa wanted to also say is that they did just release a brand new product that allows shoppers, home buyers to phone a friend with FaceTime. Basically, you load up the app, you can enter a Redfin listing using the app without an agent, and then once you're inside, you can FaceTime a friend, agent, family members, and, and share, you know, share that with, um, you know, with those people. So you can still be in the property without an agent, talk to an agent if you need it, but it's not a necessity. Yeah. I, I, that kind of like, what's the use really? I mean, can't you just FaceTime anybody anyways? Right. I mean, like, Hey, I have an, I know an agent, I'll just FaceTime them. Like, why does it have to be through the Redfin app when they're watching you and they're getting all the insights? Now, who knows? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it's just like, let's use the exact same thing, but put it in, in yeah, the app. Yeah, it's like, I, I'll just FaceTime, thanks. Um, but maybe there's maybe there's other features that we're missing, um, like them spying on you. Who knows? But I, I think having the consumer being able to access the property is it's, easier. It's, pr it's pretty big. Because we're, we're yeah. beyond the point of, oh, what if they trash the property? It's like, okay, if they have this access, you probably have a driver's license, right? Yep. You probably know who's on the other line. There's probably a Nest doorbell cam. So I hear agents, oh, I need to be at the home inspection because what if they do something they're not supposed to? It's like people are watching. They're always watching. I think we're beyond that point, and I think realtors are almost – getting in the way like I had Ryan I know you're watching we're just gonna talk about you like we did last episode <laughs> he he reached out he's like hey can I can I go check out this property and it was the Redfin listing that you can access with with just the click of a button he's like do I need it do you need to stop by with me I was like no just just go on Redfin open up the app and, and check it out yourself it's just easier it's just easier that way for yeah. all parties involved yeah 
I don't know. Um, it, it's much easier, much easier, but it's taking my job away. So I'm pissed. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's finding that middle ground because ultimately, what does the, the consumer want? They yeah, want exactly. convenience well, and, yeah, of, and of expertise, but not everyone wants expertise. Some people, right. they want to they want to do it themselves to what, whatever varying levels of I success. I totally get it, man. You know, go do your thing. Whatever makes you feel most comfortable. If you're most comfortable with doing that, go, go do it. And you think about like all these rentals. Uh, what's it called? I can't think of the name of the dang uh, rental rentals, you know, like uh, vacation rentals or whatever, like Air, you, you, Airbnb. Airbnb, or I couldn't think of it, but Airbnb, everybody Airbnbs and bees, right? So what's the difference? You go for a day, you go for a couple of hours, you go for a week, you still have your information in there. You screw something up, you're going to pay for it, right? So it's, it's kind of the same concept. If you're a reliable person, you're not going to screw things up. Are you going to an Airbnb for a couple hours? No, I was saying through a rental. I mean, through a uh, through a listing. <laughs> yes, I have gone to an Airbnb. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> no, uh, no, I actually don't. But I'm saying like with these listings, they can go in for 20 minutes, half hour, an hour by themselves in, you know, kind of the same way that that all works. You, you feel me? I feel you. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I uh, I did not time this properly. I got to run. Yeah, I got yeah. on the double to yep. this showing. Yeah. Zoom, zoom. Good luck. Thanks, brother. Damn. All right. Well, let and, us and know. It's not a you. You're gonna be there, right? Oh, you're, he's there. going to the showing. So oh no, it's good. it's a for it's a for sale by owner. <laughs> hey, great. I had to pick. I had to use this app. It's called the phone app. It's like a green. You, you press oh, it, yeah? then you enter in a number, uh-huh. and uh, this is the worst. You have to speak to another speak human. Speak to being. a human. That's, you have to speak to awful. someone. Hey, um, sir, are you the owner of this house? And uh, yeah. there's no instruction. Then I have to call them. It's, it's some like, weird. How area do you code. even talk to these people? Like, I don't what know. What do you say? This, this is, is like, such a weird thing. Can I please show your property? <laughs> Give me some combination. No follow up. It was just like here. Here it is. Go. Here it is. Go. I don't know who you are. You, you could be it. anybody. Just go. Well, hey, there it is. Not many properties in this building have sold for more than five hundred dollars a square foot, and he's trying to get oh, it. So. There it is. Yep. Surprise, See, surprise. All right, guys, so. let us know what you think in the comments section below. And for Sean and myself, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care.